You're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. I'm thrilled today to be with you guys because we're going to be starting a new series called Home. And I'm really excited about this series. Um, Have you ever been given a gift that you didn't realize was such a big deal? Like, I think back to some gifts like that in my life. Like, one of those gifts was when my kids were first born, my grandma would give us a savings bond for the kid. Anybody ever get a savings bond? Like, you know, it'd be like 50 bucks, you know, and, and that's the kind of thing you get it. Like, you're like, oh, cool, a piece of paper, that won't mean anything for 30 years. Awesome, you know what I mean? But, but man, now that like kids in college and my kids are getting older, it's like savings bond. Like, you're so excited about this incredible gift that's been given. You just didn't realize how incredible it was. I think about my dad. My dad loves to give tools as gifts, um, and he's been giving me tools as gifts, Christmas time, birthday from the time I was probably in my mid-teens. And when you're, you know, back in the 90s, I just wanted like a Walkman or a Discman, you know, and my dad's giving me like a dry vac or something, you know, or a wet vac or like a, a, you know, a set of, of different tools and stuff. And now, again, you fast forward out almost 30 years, and it's like best gifts ever. I'm still using those tools to this day. I'm still using that shop vac in my basement, right? And so sometimes we don't realize the incredible gifts that we are given. And I think heaven is a lot like that. I think we don't realize what an incredible gift heaven really is. And in this series, I hope that as we talk about heaven, that we will just get to a place of excitement and anticipation and we start talking about it and telling other people about it because heaven is just such an incredible gift. Some of us don't think all that much about heaven or maybe we don't want to think all that much about it because we realize, okay, to get there I have to die, so there's that, right? But then along with it, I think there's a whole lot of misunderstanding. I think there's a whole lot of I'm not sure about and wait, am I going to die? Is Jesus going to come back? Like, how's that all work? Like, when's that going to be? And what will I do in heaven? And do I even want to go? Is this going to be a long service? Is Doug going to talk forever? Like, what's it all going to be like? And so in this series, I just pray that we'll see heaven clearly and that we'll get excited about it and that we'll look forward to it and looking forward to it will change how we live here and now. Some of you guys have a great home. You grew up in a great home or you didn't grow up in a great home, but you've built by God's grace for yourself a great home now. Some of you guys didn't grow up in a great home. Some of you might be really struggling in your home right now. And I just want to let you know, as I say that the name of this series is Home, and that carries some positive connotations for some people and some negative connotations for other people, that if you have had a difficult home life, heaven is going to be an amazing home. If you've had a great home life, heaven is going to be greater than that home life that you've had. And so as we think about home, as we think about anticipating heaven, I pray there's an excitement building in our heart and that we begin to more and more understand and even long to be with Jesus in heaven. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to let you know that I'm going to every single part of this four-part series tell you how you get to heaven. Maybe that's your question today. Hey, man, if there's a heaven, I'd love to go. How do I get there? What do I have to do? How many works do I have to accomplish? What, how many hoops do I have to jump through? What do I have to do to get to heaven? And we're going to see that very clearly here today. But again, man, I'm just hoping and praying that we'll get excited about eternity, that will take some of the mystery out of it, although heaven still is mysterious in some ways, and there are going to be things that we can't quite understand, but as I say often, if we can understand everything about God, is he really God? Is he really that much bigger or better than we are, if we can grasp everything about him? And yet, there's a lot we can grasp and a lot we can understand, and so we're going to dive into that. So we need everybody in the room here. I need you to say, let's dig in. 
All right, let's do this together, okay? Do you realize the incredible gift that heaven is to us? Well, I'm going to give you today in our time, and believe it or not, we flew through this in the first service, so you're not going to be here all that long here today, okay? Just in case you're looking at your watch, I don't know what time the Jets are playing today or the Giants, but I saw on Facebook before I came out here, one of our church families is at the Giants game, so I'm guessing maybe the Giants are playing at one. Am I correct on that? All right. Oh, somebody said that like, yes, get me out of here, man. So like, we're going to work on that. It, it, should, it should happen. Um, but man, I'm, I'm telling you that there are so many reasons to be excited about heaven. And I want to give you nine. And I know I, you think nine point sermon. Okay. It's, it's going to be all right. We're going to go quick. Nine reasons why heaven is an incredible gift. So the first one is this. Think about the alternatives, right? We just start right there. Okay, just think about the alternatives. Well, what are some of the alternatives to heaven? Well, one is called reincarnation, right? There are some religions that teach reincarnation where you are just born repeatedly until basically you get it right, until you're perfected. Through this series, I'm going to mention some names. Erwin Lutzer, Randy Alcorn, they both wrote incredible books about heaven. I'm going to mention C.S. Lewis, I'm going to mention Tim Keller, I'm going to mention some different names who have profound thoughts about heaven. But Erwin Lutzer begins by commenting on reincarnation. He says, this doctrine teaches that we just keep being recycled. Death is nothing more than a transition from one body to another. And so many religions believe that you're just reborn, reborn, reborn until you get it right, until you're perfected and you become one with the divine. Okay? If you're in bad in this life, you might come back as like a rat or a snake in the next life as punishment, right? And if you get that life right, you might come back as a movie star or an athlete or somebody rich and famous until you are perfected in one with the divine. I just want to say thank God we don't have to worry about all that. Heaven is an incredible gift. Purgatory is another option, right? An alternative, what some have taught to be truth. But look at what Erwin Lutzer says about this. He says, purgatory is believed to have an exit. After the soul is purified by the sufferings of purgatory, we are told that it goes to God. Purgatory might be defined as a temporary place where those who have died as penitents are purified by sin, I'm sorry, from sin by punishment. The doctrine of purgatory is not found in the Bible, but was accepted as a tradition in medieval times because of a faulty doctrine of salvation. The belief was that nobody, or almost nobody, was righteous enough to enter into heaven at death. Thus, there must be a place where men and women are purged from their sins to prepare them for heavenly perfections. Purgatory, the theory went, might last for a few years or millions of years, depending on the level of righteousness one had attained, but eventually it would come to an end and the penitent could enter heaven. Thank God we don't have to worry about that, about spending this time in this holding place where we're punished until all of our sins and all the wrongs we've done are somehow purged from us. Praise God that we don't have to worry about that. Why is heaven amazing? Why is it an incredible gift? Because these are the alternatives. Another one is eternal oblivion, okay? This is nothingness. This is you close your eyes in death and that's it. You cease to exist and there's nothing beyond. Man, thank God. This life isn't all we live for. Thank God there is a heaven we get to look forward to. Another alternative, and this is biblical, is hell. Eternal separation from God, where we stand apart from God for all eternity because of sin in our life and because we didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Another alternative is total decimation. Did you ever think about this, that God could have just wrecked it all after Adam and Eve messed up? Right? God could have just decimated everything and said, let's start again or let's not start at all because these people are a mess and let's just destroy it all and start over or allow it to never begin again. One really interesting possibility 
Another alternate possibility is, is this. This is really interesting. I don't know if you can tell I'm excited about this, but it's really interesting, okay? Listen to this. So Adam and Eve are placed in the garden, right? God says, okay, you can have full run of the place. Don't eat from this one tree. The tree of what? Good job. Knowledge of good and evil. Well done. So the knowledge of good and evil, they go up to it. They eat from it. What are the consequences now? Now they will be eternally separated from God. They will die one day. Right Now listen to this. There is a really intriguing verse in the scripture. When you want to talk about alternate possibilities to heaven and what God could have done and what his plan could have been. So they, in Genesis 3, we see this. Read this with me. Genesis 3.22. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So this is other tree. They shouldn't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They do. But now God is saying they cannot eat from the tree of life and live forever. Well, what's up with that? Why does God want to not allow them to live forever? Look what it says. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from where he had been taken. Which, by the way, thanks, Adam. I worked about two hours yesterday on my ground, and it was very hard. Uh, verse 24. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Why? God, why are you trying to keep Adam and Eve from the tree of life after they have eaten and now will die? Aren't, aren't you merciful? Why wouldn't you allow them to go to the tree of life? Maybe they could somehow live forever that way. Well, that's just the problem. They would live forever in their fallen state. You see, God placing the angels there to guard the tree and kick Adam and Eve out away from it was not his wrath. It was his mercy. They never would have been able to accept the sacrifice of Christ that would come and rescue them from their sin and death had they eaten of that tree and lived forever in their fallen state. Man, why is heaven an incredible gift? Because there are some pretty awful alternatives. Another reason, number two, if you're a note taker, we're on number two, by the way, all right? If you're not a note taker, sit back and enjoy. But number two reason why heaven is an incredible gift, we will be freed from sin and temptation. Anybody looking forward to that? Sound good to anybody? Free from sin and temptation? Hebrews 10, 14. By one sacrifice, he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. By Jesus' sacrifice, he made you and I perfect forever. Ready to say perfect forever? Not perfect for a while, not perfect for a little bit, not perfect eventually, right? But when we stand before God, perfect forever. Some of you guys might be thinking, well, Doug, will we be able to sin, though? Like, there was once a perfect environment and yet Adam and Eve chose to sin. Will we be able to sin? No, because what were those two words I just had you repeat? Perfect forever. God has made us perfect forever. And so when we stand before Jesus, though we still are imperfect, and we stumble here, and we fall here, and we make wrong decisions here, when we stand there, we will be perfect forever. You might say, well, Doug, why, though, did God initially allow them to sin? Why did he allow people to stumble and fall in the first place? Why did he allow Adam and Eve to have the ability to choose that, that apple or that fruit, rather, off that tree? Well, honestly, I believe because Jesus was always plan A. It wasn't like that happened and then Jesus was scrambling around trying to figure out how to redeem mankind. There was a depth of Jesus' love. There was a depth of God's love that was to be revealed through the sacrificial death of Jesus. And that was the plan from the beginning to redeem you and I. And so there's this beautiful love that's been poured out. But listen, no temptation anymore, man. No temptation to fear, to gossip, to hate. No prejudice 
No temptation to lust or hang on to unforgiveness or betray somebody. Like all of that eradicated. Listen, if you're struggling with temptation, we'd love to pray for you. God has changed the lives of many of us here in this room today watching online. We would say we're different than we were 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And man, I just want to let you know today, we would love to pray for you if you're going through some things where temptation is kind of owning you. God meets us and he does some pretty powerful things. But man, can we look forward to the day where there's no temptation anymore? Another reason, heaven's an incredible gift. We will be reunited with loved ones. Anybody looking forward to being reunited with a loved one that's passed on? Man, I can't wait. Can't wait to see my mom. I can't wait to see my grandparents. I can't wait to see how many tomatoes my great-grandpa's grown up there. He was a tomato man. It was insanity what he was doing down here. I can only imagine his garden up there. And, and you know, we, we, of course, grieve those that we lose here. And it's right. It's biblical to grieve. It, when Stephen was killed in Acts, it says that they came and made great lamenta- lamentations over him, over this loss. And we suffer pain. But what an amazing reunion we will know. With those who know Jesus. First, excuse me, First Thessalonians 4.13. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Listen, stop right there. We have a great hope. Right? Heaven and eternity with God. We have a great hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And so there's God moving on those who have died. That often throughout scripture, those, the term fallen asleep is referencing someone dying. It goes on, verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we'll be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. We got to encourage each other with these words, that that day is coming, that we will be with Jesus, and we will be with those that we have lost that know our great Savior. Look at what Puritan Richard Baxter says. He says, I know that Christ is all in all, and that is, excuse me, and that it is the presence of God that makes heaven to be heaven, but yet it much sweetens the thoughts of that place to me, that there are such a multitude of my most dear and precious friends in Christ. What's he saying? He's saying, man, I can't wait to get, heaven, get to heaven because Jesus makes heaven heaven, but I'm so excited to see those that I've lost. I'm so excited to be reunited with those that, that know Jesus and that I can't wait to be with again. Look at what Augustine said. He said, we have not lost our dear ones who have departed from this life, but have merely sent them ahead of us. So we also, also shall depart and shall come to that life where they will be more than ever dear, as they will be better known to us, and where we shall love them without fear of parting. Think about that, those two phrases. We will love them, and they will be more dear than ever. Why? Because it'll be all the good without the bad, right? Like the best relationships we have on earth here are still broken up and beat up by sin, even the best relationships we have. But a day is coming that we will be with those that we love, and it will be so beautiful because there will be no sin and brokenness to break it all up and mess it all up. I love that other thought, too, that we will be with them and enjoy them without fear of departing, right? Without fear of losing That thought hits every parent, every spouse. That thought hits every child. What if I lose that loved one? And we will be with our loved ones reunited forever without fear of ever losing them again. Some of you might be saying, but Doug, I don't know if my loved one is in heaven. 
You're saying that we can be excited to see those who knew Jesus in heaven. I don't know if my friend or my, my family member knew Jesus. I don't know if they put their trust in it. I just want to say that we never know what God does in somebody's life, and especially in those last moments. I think we will be surprised at some people that are in heaven. You made it? No. You know, we're going to be surprised. <laughs> we're going to be surprised at what Jesus did in some of the people. And what a beautiful, powerful reunion that will be. You ever run into somebody that you didn't expect to see somewhere, you know? I ran, Kelly and I, our family, we ran into our neighbors at Disney World. We were like, like we, we, I mean, that's why you go on vacation, to get away from the neighbors. But they're like, no, no, there they were. They're awesome neighbors. But there they were, right across the room, you know? And, and like that reunion is like, what? You know? Like, can you imagine seeing loved ones that you didn't even expect, you didn't even know Jesus opened their eyes? And yet he did, and that's our hope. Number four reason why. Heaven's an incredible gift. No more tears. And the second part of this is huge. And answers to all our questions. You might be like, Doug, why didn't you divide those two up into separate categories? Why isn't it no more, more, no more tears? We'll talk about that. And answers to our questions can be a separate one because they're linked. They're linked. The answers to our questions is one of the things that makes it possible to have no more, no more tears. Look what Aaron Lutzer says about this. Well, first, sorry, Revelation 21.4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Jesus, that's talking about. We'll wipe every tear from our eyes. And look at what Erwin Lutzer says. In heaven, he who wiped away our sins now wipes away our tears. This comment has raised the question of why there would be tears in heaven in the first place. And does the Lord come with a handkerchief and literally wipe away each tear? That is possible. Listen, it's so powerful. But I think that John means more than that. He wants us to understand that God will give us an explanation for the sorrow we experienced on earth so that we will not have to cry anymore. If that were not so, then the tears might return after he wiped them away. But being able to view, listen, the tearful events of earth from the perspective of heaven will dry up our tears forever. Answers. God, why did I lose that person? God, why did you allow this? God, why did we go through that? God, how could I have, why did I even make that choice? God, why didn't you stop me from making that choice, God? And we'll see it all. Jesus will wipe away our tears from the hurt and the brokenness, but he will speak to us and give us perspective that will enable us to stop crying altogether. What an incredible gift heaven is. Number five, we will be free from all that causes pain. Ah. Sounds so good. Revelation 21, there will be no more death. Man, I have done so many funerals. I will do many more. I hate the graveside. I've stood at gravesides for family members and friends, for family members of friends of you guys, for people way too young. We've wept with families in hospital rooms. I've followed up with those as they continue to heal after loss. I can't wait for no more death. He says, no more mourning or crying, John tells us. No more mourning. No more crying. Depression is gone. Sadness is gone. Or pain. Everything that causes pain is done away with. What causes you pain? Was it emotional pain from rejection or bullying? Was it anxiety or fear? It's gone. Sickness eradicated? I can't wait for that day. Even those little things that cause us pain. I don't know about you, man, when the eyelash folds back into your eyeball, that's some pain right there. You know, you're driving across the LIE, and some guy goes from lane HOV to, to the exit, and you're like, oh, that guy's drunk. No, his eyelash revolted. Like, that's what that was, man. He can't see, right? You know, this might be a little too much information, but, you know, 
Have you ever pulled out a nose hair? <laughs> like, like that pain, like, like a grown man will weep, right? Like, like your kid catches you, you know, dad, what's, you okay? Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you do there, right? Like, do, you, do you make something up? I'm just, I'm just really emotional today, or does it sound better to say, I just pulled out a nose hair? Like, I don't, I don't even know. But like no more COVID, no more tumors, no more strokes, no more disability. Like what a beautiful gift heaven is. For the old order of things has passed away. Jesus died to make that possible. Jesus died on the cross to make the old way, the broken way, the painful way, to make it all new and renewed. If you're in emotional and physical pain, we want to pray for you. God's a healer. God restores and rebuilds hearts. Scriptures tells us that he binds up the brokenhearted, heals up their wounds. God heals physically. God is amazing. But all of us will be healed one day, right, perfectly. We're going to get into that next week, what it will be like, what our bodies will be like. But, man, we have to keep looking forward. We have to keep our eyes on eternity. We will ask here and now for miracles and breakthrough and great things, and we believe and we've seen it, but we want to keep our eyes on what's coming. I love this next one. We don't think about this enough. This is so powerful. Listen, it's just two words. Reason number six, heaven is an incredible gift. No abominations. Think about all the horrific abominations that occur in our world. You think about why in a few weeks from now, do we have to have a meeting on a Thursday night about a child's sex trade? What? Why do we have to even have a meeting about that? Why do we have to try to stop that? Why does that exist? No more abominations. Think about hypocrisy in the church. Some of you guys, your faith is rocked right now because you knew somebody or some dude on you know, the internet that you watched every day came out and he was a whole fake or he fell and he just made a mess and now your whole faith is messed up. Your whole, you, you're at a church for a while and you got hurt. Listen, that happens to every church, unfortunately, as much as I hate it. But hypocrisy, no more abominations, no more hypocrisy. Listen, there are genuine Christians, there are genuine pastors and leaders. Be encouraged by that. But there'll be a day where all that is made right. Justice, truth. I think about the wars. I think about just all of the racial tension that we've walked through and the pain. There will be unity, every race, every color. I hope you know, if you're looking around a little bit, God's doing it more and more here in this room, which makes me insanely excited. Praise God for that. But man, that day we look forward to unity. I'm so grateful there will never be another political debate in the rest of all eternity. I'm, I'm so thankful for that. We got to clap on that one. All right. You know, heaven, no more sickness, no more political debates. Hey, I'm in. I'm in. Revelation 21, 27. Listen to what this says, right? No abominations. Nothing impure will ever enter it. Never enter heaven, okay? And then you're like, well, well, I'm impure though. Well, no, Jesus has made you right and righteous. He's justified you, right? And so when you stand before him, you will be pure. So you can enter because of what Jesus did, not because of what you or I did. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. I can't wait for no more abominations. Number seven, all wrongs made right. All wrongs made right. Another reason that 
Heaven is an incredible gift. Tim Keller talks about this. He says, heaven will be all of the wrong we've experienced in this life undone. It's not just going to be that sin doesn't happen anymore and temptation doesn't happen anymore. It's not just we get to look forward to what's coming. It will be the undoing of all that's gone wrong here and now. And Tim Keller talks about a dream he had one night where his wife and his children were murdered in this dream. And he woke up to the reality that they were okay and his worst nightmare in his dream had been undone. And he said, that's heaven. That's heaven. But it's not just going to be the undoing of the nightmares. It's the undoing of all the things we've actually lived and walked through. Even our own mistakes, even our own sinful choices. It's the undoing of all that done to us, done by us. That's how good our God is. Reason number eight. Heaven is an incredible gift. Heaven will be home. It will be home. For those of us who have had a beautiful home, we can say, wow, I I like that. I like home. I want to be home. For some of us, home is really difficult. But this will be the beauty of perfected home, of what God has ordained home to be, what it should have been and what it will be. It's all wrapped up in heaven. I love Revelation 21. One says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Now we're going to really dig into this passage for next Sunday, but our best understanding is that it's going to be a new heaven and new earth and heaven will be here on this renewed earth. Like God's going to radically transform earth and what has been our home will be our home. But here is God now and it's good and it's pure and all that has been wrong and broken has been made right. But I love the fact that it'll be home, that God is there and it's good and pure and holy. Reason number nine, I told you I was going to go quick, access to Jesus. Access to Jesus. You know, here and now, we have access to Jesus. We have access to God, don't we? We can pray. We can read the Bible. We can uh, listen for his voice and his leading by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. He wants to lead and direct our lives and speak to us. Uh, We get to worship together and we feel his presence. We get to hang out as believers and encourage each other. And we get to uh, be Jesus with, you know, skin on, right, to one another and and love on one another and hug one another and care for one another and pray for one another. And, And that's all beautiful but I don't see Jesus right before me right now like I will then. I don't have access to to Jesus in that physical way, that that relational, I'm in the same place literally as Jesus way, looking in his eyes and he's looking back at me, but that day is coming, Revelation 21.3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. Man. Think about all the alternatives we talked about in the first part. God living with us, God coming to us, God coming as a baby, but now coming again with heaven to make all things right. What an amazing thing we have. And the unhindered access to God is just incredible. It says in the next part, they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. I love that God will be with them. One of the beautiful things about Jesus is that he came to us. He didn't send a representative, right? And that will be true in eternity too. It'll be us and him. I remember years ago, I had a a lunch appointment with a friend and um, this guy, like a few days before the appointment, had his assistant call me and just confirm the appointment. And I'm like, dude, I'm your friend. Just, just call me. I don't need to talk to your assistant. You know what I mean? Like, you're not even that important, dude. You're like, 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 
Don't take yourself too seriously, man, you know? Like, like, but here he was, like sending the representative, you know? And I just love that, that Jesus says, oh, no, it's me, it's me. He's not going to look at Peter and go, all right, Peter, remember you denied me those three times? Well, as punishment, you get to spend all eternity with Doug. Go babysit Doug, right? Like, that's not the plan, right? Like, we will have unhindered access to God. I'm so excited about that. We have walked by faith and not by sight, but one day it'll be sight, won't it? We won't doubt because we'll be seeing Jesus. We'll see the nails in his hands and feet. We won't fear because he's the prince of peace. We won't stress because there's our savior. What an amazing thing it will be to look into the eyes of Jesus. The one who gave his life for us will be right there. Martin Luther took this idea of Jesus being the best thing about heaven pretty far. He said this. He said, I'd rather be in hell with Christ than be in heaven without him. He's saying God is the draw. God is the draw. I mean, it's great. We will be healthy and we'll have perfect peace and no more sickness and no more political debates, which got applause and all those other things. But, but the greatest thing about heaven is Jesus himself. You know, I bet all of us have had moments where we've been like, God, I, I just want to be closer to you. I just want to see you, God. I want to feel you, God. I want to hear you. I want to just be that close. You know, we've sung songs over the years about being so near Jesus, so close with him. You know, I want to look right at you, right? Like, like we, we have this longing in us for him. And that day is coming. Heaven is an incredible gift. Just think about the alternatives. You'll realize what a great gift it is. You'll be freed from sin and temptation, reunited with loved ones, no more tears and all the answers to undo those tears, free from all that causes pain, no abominations, all wrongs made right. It will be home, total access to Jesus. Man, I'm excited about heaven. You know, Paul says there's this tension in the scriptures. Paul says there's this tension you know, I know I got a lot to do here, and I got all these churches, and I got to get the message of Jesus out, and I got to be this super apostle guy, but man, I can't wait to go be with Jesus. And there should be this tension in us, this healthy tension of, man, God has a mission for me. I'm here on purpose, and there's something that God wants to do in and through my life, but man, I just cannot wait to go be with Jesus, especially as the world is kind of cycling out of control. More and more, we got to get our eyes on eternity. We got to get our eyes on that anticipation. Have you ever been going through a difficult circumstance, but because something that you were looking forward to was on the horizon, you were able to go through it with a different spirit, you know? Like, I see this in my kids as, like, June is rolling around. It's like, summer, you know? Like, like they can finish finals and get through it all because they got their eyes on summer. Our college students around middle of May, beginning of May, you just, like, they're walking into the night service, like kind of like this, like, you know, like their hair's all frazzled, their eyes are all like bloodshot. I studied for 76 straight hours, you know, like, wow, but you know what? Summer's coming, get your eyes on some, right? Like that anticipation. And I think that's what we've got to do because we're going to talk about this in part, part uh, three and four, but this is, this is what we keep our eyes on to keep our hearts strong here. This eternity and Jesus and, and all that's ahead and the beauty of reuniting with loved ones and all of that. Like we keep our eyes on that so that our hearts stay strong here, so that we stay engaged here, so that we remember we have a message to carry to other people who need to hear about our Savior here and now.
We're going to continue to talk about heaven next week. We're, today was a lot of like what will be undone and what will be done. You know, what God will undo and what God will do and why we should look forward to it. Next week, we're going to really talk about what we will do. What are we actually going to do in heaven? What's it going to be all about? How long is, you know, how long is this going to be? What are we going to be doing there? Is that in heaven? Or will we do this? Will we not do that? Like, we're going to really dive into what to expect. What's it going to be like? What will it look like? What's it going to feel like? What, what are we going to be doing? And so we're going to jump into that next week. I encourage you to come back, invite some friends to come with you. But man, what joy we can live with as we anticipate what God has in store for us. What amazing things we get to find out in the scriptures that Jesus will do. And remember, total decimation, oblivion. I mean, all those things could have been God's plan, but they weren't. God's plan was Jesus. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, how do you get to heaven? It's only what Jesus did. We read it several times already together. Somebody perfected us forever. Jesus got on a cross. He died. And that's it. That's the only thing that saves us. It's not Jesus and. It's not Jesus plus. It's not Jesus with a little of. It's just Jesus. And now we come to him with expectation and our eyes on him. And in just a few minutes, I would love to lead you in a prayer where you begin a conversation with Jesus and you ask him to be your savior, like your personal savior. He knows your name. He knows what you've been through. He wants to be your savior. He wants to lead you through life. He wants to begin to change your life here and now. That's one of the great evidences that this is all true and real because you got a bunch of people in this room saying God's changed our lives. We're not perfect. We still make bad decisions sometimes and we still hurt sometimes and wake up sad sometimes and we fall asleep depressed sometimes. And, but, but, but man, I'm different. God's been doing something. He's been healing me. He's been changing me. He's been making me new, right? And that's one of the evidences that heaven is, is there and Jesus can be trusted. So today, if you want to put your trust in him, I'm going to give you that, ch that chance in just a moment. But, man, Christians in the room, we got to get fired up about heaven. we got to be excited about heaven. Not to put you on the spot or put any pressure on you, but I, just because of the way scheduling worked out today, I happen to be doing the sound. That's why it sounds so amazing, specifically today. No, I'm just kidding. It's probably the worst it's been. But... It's a cool thing for me to stand back there and in the first service, again, don't worship Jesus because I'm looking because I'm not worried about that and neither is God. But I'm in the back of the room and the difference between the first three songs and the last song was pretty substantial today, which was really cool. Just saw a lot of people in that last song as we sing about heaven really worshiping Jesus. And that should be a daily thing for you and I, an anticipation and an excitement about being with our Savior for all eternity because heaven is an incredible gift. Let's pray together. Jesus, we are grateful that you are a good God to us. We are just so thankful, Lord, that you have made a way for us to be with you. We did not deserve salvation. We deserve decimation. But God, you're merciful. And I thank you, God, for every person in this room, everybody watching online, that God, you have much for us to do. We're here on purpose, Lord. We're here with a great mission. But God, we do long to be home. We do look forward. And we're so thankful that we don't just close our eyes and we cease to be. We thank you that there is so much. As C.S. Lewis said, it's really just beginning. And so we look ahead that this life was the title page and so much is ahead. 
If you're a father of Jesus, can you spend a minute or two just thanking God for something that we talked about today, something you're excited about, about being with him or others in heaven? If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, you can pray with me now. Just say something like this quietly. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Jesus, thank you that you are the only way to heaven and that you made the way to heaven by dying in my place. Jesus, would you show me your incredible love for me? Would you show me how close you are? And I thank you for this gift of life, of forgiveness, of removal of my shame. And now, God, I ask you to be my Savior and my Lord, and I ask you to begin to change me here and now. Heal me here and now. Do something new in me here and now. God, when I look back in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, may I see all the amazing things that you've done in my life. Thank you for this gift in your name. Amen.